and welcome to Women's Wisdom Wednesdays, where we come together every Wednesday to empower women, foster connections, and thrive on our journey of surviving womanhood. Today, we have a very special guest joining us. Her name is Sarah Hammond, and she has an incredible story to share. But before we bring her on, let's take a moment to address our audience. We want to remind you to visit our website at www.survivingwomanhood.org where you can find valuable resources, connect with other women just like you, and stay updated on our upcoming episodes and all of the other things we offer. And that's a lot, so don't miss it. We encourage you here to actively participate by asking questions and adding comments. If you have a story to share, we would love to hear it. This is a safe space for you to learn and for us to grow together. Now, I'm Casey Conrad, well-being specialist and whole life coach, and my beautiful co-host. Hi, I'm Bianca Carton, and I'm also a coach in Surviving with Surviving Womanhood. Thank you. So now, let's meet Sarah. With a successful career in the hotel industry, Sarah has worked for renowned brands such as Four Seasons, the Ritz-Carlton, and most recently, the Jumeirah Hotels in Dubai. She's about to embark on a new chapter, which she just started yesterday, with an exciting new role at the Anantara Hotel in Ras al-Khaimah. UAE. In her 50s, Sarah has been living in the UAE since 2016, and Sarah's mother died 13 years ago from cancer, and Sarah was fortunate enough to be with her mother at that time, and she lost her father just six months ago, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And as a note, I recently read Individuals who experienced the loss of parents in midlife reported a significant increase in personal growth, resilience, and self-reflection. And we're going to talk to Sarah about those things. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you? Hi. Well, Ryanka. Very good. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. Good. Wonderful. We are honored to have you here today, and we're sure your journey is going to be an inspiration to many. So I'm trying to run down your your CV a bit. Is there anything else that you would like our audience to know about you? Um, no, you did a great job on my uh, on my uh, resume. Thank you so much. Um, I yes, as as you said, I'm in my fifties. I'm fifty two. I've lived in Dubai for seven years, and um, I'm, uh seemingly a successful career um and uh i'm just really interested to share with you my story um about the loss of both my parents and other aspects that have affected uh, the outcome of my life over the last seven years or longer well let's dive right in so can you share some of the challenges you've encountered during your life's journey after losing your mother, and then your father, and how you've managed to find strength 
and fulfillment in your life after those events. Absolutely, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think anything prepares you for losing a parent, especially a mom. Um, I was just short of 40 when my mom passed away um, and she was diagnosed with a uh, very rare cancer, which was terminal from day one. Um, so I spent the two years prior to her death um, very much involved in caring for her, supporting her. And I was fortunate enough that I had a, a great um, support system. I was living in the UK. I was married, um, but I had um, a great job, a great boss and friends around me that were able to support me. And I think having that community was was vital um, to, to support me throughout this. Um, but actually... Um, you know, when someone is told that their, their parent is going to die and, they, and you have this sort of over you, uh, like a cloud over you for the future, you don't know when and you don't know how, but it's there. And this premeditatory grief that strikes you and you don't realize it until afterwards. Um, and actually when my mom passed, I realized that I'd actually dealt with the grief a lot already before she died. Um, and I was fortunate enough to spend those times close to her in the last six weeks of her life and, and spent a lot of time with her. Um, and it was very important for me that I was able to have those deep conversations with with my mom and about various topics, things that perhaps I had. She asked me if I got questions that I wanted answers to, which was really great because there are so many things. I think if you lose someone suddenly in life, you don't have that opportunity. And I was very lucky that my mom gave me that opportunity to ask questions about perhaps things that happened in my childhood um, um and yeah so I was very fortunate that I spent that time with her and you know when she passed away it was nothing really prepares you for it but uh it was something that I knew was always going to happen um and I found solace in a few things that were um close friends obviously uh, family members and my father my brothers, um, my friends, my work. I threw myself into work. I was married, um, but I also had other challenges that were going on. I was trying for a baby at the same time, and uh, this wasn't very successful. It wasn't successful at all. It wasn't ever going to happen. Um, and uh, there were the fact that my mom was such a big part of my life when I was trying to have the baby and I realized that I would only be able to have IVF I actually made a decision uh, a big decision to actually not go ahead with it because of the fact that my mom was not with me to share and support me and uh, some people might have said that that was a very strange thing to do because it was important to me to have a child in my life and I did definitely want that but I really felt at that time the grief was so strong and um, that my, I couldn't see any way through it without my mom there. And I knew that she wasn't going to be enjoying my motherhood. She wasn't going to be supporting me. And a lot of my friends had actually um, already had children and they, their children were older. So this was a big part of the whole grief process was actually I was grieving for my mom and I also was grieving for a child that I was never going to have. So, um, but I still to this day stand by the decision that it was the right decision for me. And because of future things that happened, um, I still stand by that. But it was a very difficult decision. Um, 
And sometimes during the, the years that, that came, I did question that. Was it the right thing to do? Um, so yeah, so there was a few things that happened. Um, and then obviously once my father passed away more recently, it was a very different scenario. I was living in Dubai. I wasn't with him. My brother was supporting him. My brother was going through um, the caring, which is what I did for my, for my mum. So I felt very outside and very sort of away because I, I was away. I did as much as I could to get home and see my dad as often as possible. Um, but yeah, it was uh, it was quite challenging. Um, so yeah, that's the story of my parents, you know, passing and how they were both very different scenarios um and i think as an as a adult you really do grieve in a different way as you do as a child i believe i mean obviously i haven't lost a parent as a child but um it's a very big thing because then you, you feel like an orphan at 52 uh, completely um so yeah yeah so the that's fantastic thank you for sharing with us the the story and and how heartfelt that is um, we really appreciate that. And I'm sure that you are touching other people who are watching. I want to add also that my father passed away in December as well. And I can relate, as I'm sure other people can, especially those of us who live away from our parents. And Bianca lived away from her mom for a while, and she yeah. she can share a little bit of that as well. Um, so... It, when my father got sick, he was sick for quite some time. And my two brothers live near them, and, and one lives away like I do. And those two that were there were, were doing lots of things. And we were supporting from the sidelines. Yeah, yeah. So, so I can relate to feeling a little bit guilty about mm -hmm. not being able to be there. And so oh, yeah. I feel very fortunate that... At the end of my father's life, the, the last month of his life, that all of us got were able to work it out that we could all be there together. And it was it was an amazing journey for us because we we're adults, like we're very much adults. Yeah. And we haven't spent a lot of time together as siblings since we were much younger. And yeah, we were all kind of in the same house and you know, together for hours and hours and hours a day. And that could have gone either way. Yeah. You know, like that could have been because we all have very strong personalities and, you know, uh, ideas of how we think things should go. So that could have been an ugly situation. However, it worked out that it was a beautiful situation. And honestly, it was such a wonderful time kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because, again, there were many days that we thought my dad was going to pass and that mm -hmm. he, you know, he rallied. And yeah. so we went through this, and I think the same with your mom. Yeah. You kind of yeah. go ups and downs going, oh, oh. so it is like that yeah. free grief. And that's a wonderful way to describe it. I, it never occurred to me until you said it that that is exactly what we went through and yeah. and it really it really was kind of making it lighter at the end like because we had already done that so i really want to thank you 
for putting that into a wonderful perspective for for me and I'm sure for other people who are watching because that makes a lot of sense and and it it also helps with the feeling of um why you know why we got through it yeah for you know why we got through it so strongly true and sweet because I actually I had sorry to interrupt you I had a quite a few moments of of guilt about the fact that I I had a friend whose mom passed away three months before my mom and she was a mess like a total mess a she didn't she thought her mom would pull through and she she would never accept that she was going to pass I, I don't think it was ever a terminal diagnosis it was so it's a different thing right whereas when somebody is given an illness my dad had an illness that was never going to it wasn't cancer but he was never going to get better my mom had an illness which was never gonna it was gonna always kill her so you you automatically go into the mode where you know this is going to happen i don't know when and i don't know how but i'm going to have to process this and deal with it as each day and it really changes how you feel about things and then when my mom passed i felt terrible guilt that i wasn't as upset as my visit physically upset as when i look at my friend and i was like she's really grieving in a different way to me and i felt that it was i was doing it wrong and i thought well and then i read a book and i can't remember the name of it but it was about it's it's about the five stages or seven stages of grief and it talks about this one part the green meditatory grief part which happens from the moment of diagnosis and when I read this it totally made sense to me that it's like yeah I've definitely been oh the cat sorry um I've definitely been doing this I've been dealing with this all along and I just didn't realize it um and so the the shock obviously wasn't as strong because I knew it was going to happen doesn't mean the sadness isn't there and you don't grieve for the loss but the just the process of the death and how it happens is different and I think but for people when they lose someone suddenly I haven't had that and I I don't know how I would cope with that uh compared to losing both my parents in a very in a different it's sorry it's just karma um um so yeah so in a way I'm very grateful for having that time you know because I was able to have those conversations and you you mentioned it Casey about having conversations with with your siblings that's a one thing the the number one thing that I would say is um you everyone should have those conversations with their loved ones anyway about about death about funerals about what do they want what do you want because this is going to happen to all of us but the more we talk about it as an open topic of conversation with children with teenagers with grandparents it's not a stigma and it's not such a something that we don't we should hide and then when it's too late and you haven't had those conversations then you you don't know what did they want what was their favorite color flowers did they want guessing game yeah yeah so that's a wonderful wonderful point to bring up and i 100 percent agree with that i i would encourage anyone who is going through it to have those conversations even though they may be uncomfortable, those are going to be some of the best and most fulfilling and rewarding 
conversations that you will ever have. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that up as well. And Sarah, if you can find the title of the book, please post it in the comments because we love to to provide resources for women who are, are going through and experiencing the things that our guests are experiencing. And so that would be wonderful if you could do that. So Liana. Yes. So now we've spoken quite a lot about that free stage that you went through, Sarah, but since your dad's passing, how have you been now processing grief? What kind of, have you seen other stages that perhaps you read about that you've gone through, particularly now it's your dad Um, has gone after your mum? In a way, I felt a lot more, I guess, peace because my dad was not well for a year really uh for two for good two years but for the last year he was very sick um and actually the 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 grief that i felt was actually uh without sounding bad was a relief that he was not suffering anymore yeah you know? and um my brothers would feel the same like when we watched him struggling and you know it, your dad is your dad right you know he is that strong man the big man that carried you around as a child and to see him become so frail and weak and lose the will to live basically it made me feel when when he passed I was very much relieved and I felt um I felt a bit of a different situation with with my dad's passing, and I, and I actually don't know that I've really accepted it or grieved properly for it. Um, I threw myself into work, literally straight away. I was at various events and back to back stuff with work, and tr- I flew to the UK and I did trade shows. I flew to France, and I. I felt that I should be busy I felt that I had to be busy um do you find that how that was helping in that in your process it did it 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 very much helped um there was a couple of moments where I had sort of I guess a mini meltdown of like what am I doing here I should be grieving I should be um sort of you know but and everyone at work was really supportive all my friends were amazing and they're all saying you know you have to do it how you want to do it and uh, I didn't ever feel that I wanted to be sitting at home moping and crying and I'd look at my dad's pictures and I'd be like no I'm he wouldn't want that and so it was a very different grief to when my mum passed but maybe that's age and wisdom and experience of it and knowing that he was now at peace and therefore yeah I could just he would want me to live my life and get on with things so yeah it was oh, i'm sorry um i wanted to ask you something about that um the the difference in the grieving of your parents is it possible that because you had different relationship like your relationship to your mother and your relationship to your father were different yeah right even yeah. though some time had passed would you say because i'm sure people experience this as well would you say that Possibly the difference in your relationship would have driven the difference in the way you grieved your parents. Uh, probably. I, I would say more over the distance. 
the fact that when I was with my mom, I was living in the UK, obviously as a daughter, you're, you're naturally, you know, my mom included, I was there when my mom got diagnosed. I was there for most of her treatments. I went to, you know, her blood transfusions for everything. I, the last six weeks of her life, I pretty much stayed with her in her hospital room. Um, whereas with my dad, whilst because I'm here and not able to get home as much as I would have liked, and I went as much as I could, um, but I had to rely on my brothers and other people to do the caring. And, and also the male-female thing, I think, when I was there, my dad was quite, was still, even though he was frail and weak, he was still proud and wouldn't want me to be involved in the stuff that, you know, taking him to the bathroom and that sort of thing. He was still had his dignity. And I think that has that. So it separates you. Whereas my mom, I would be, you know, more hands-on and, and I think that was probably the difference. Whereas, so my brother took the patriarchal role and led my father and looked after him and I just felt a bit like I was sort of in the background but the distance thing would definitely have had a, more of an impact had I been living there I would have definitely been involved more okay thank you thank you very much and so I'm just checking to see if there's anyone online who's given us any questions and if anyone's watching if you have any questions for Sarah, please write in the comments box and we will um, respond to you. Sarah, I know, as I know you, and I've been watching uh, you from far because now I'm in England. Uh, <laughs> since since death passed away, I've seen you sort of really blossom and like I've seen so much change for you. I'd love yeah. to hear a little bit of like the, what you've experienced, how it's felt for you since yes this this year and the things that you've sure. done differently or the strategies that you've changed because of that yeah I mean if I can go back firstly to my mum's after my mum's passing the things that changed me at that point obviously the whole infertility thing was an issue when my mum passed away in 2010 and then in 2014 um I was I was married and happily married uh, my husband decided to have an affair and and ended our marriage of 18 years so that was a massive um blow and emotional uh crisis but one of the things that i remember saying to myself as a mantra was if you can get through your mom passing you can get through anything you know i got through it i didn't get over it i'm not using that but i managed to deal with it and i remember saying if i can deal with that i can deal with divorce and and being alone and my life changed at that point because obviously I became single and independent and had to find my feet financially and and everything and just move on and and it was actually really liberating to actually do that and then fast forward obviously I moved to Dubai stepped completely out of my comfort zone and moved over to Dubai and I've been there for seven years um but for the last few years, since you've known me as well, I've struggled with various factors in my life. I was very overweight and unhealthy and um, and miserable. And, and even to the point, like my dad would say, oh, Sarah, you know, 
you need to look after your health, you need to lose some weight. And, and I was like, yeah, dad, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was something that was always on my mind and always there. And then um, I I woke up on New Year's Day after spending a reflective New Year's Eve on my own. Um, I woke up with a slight hangover, but I accept that. And um, I remember saying to myself, this is my year. And I know that my dad is making this happen, but I was changing whatever it was I was going to change. It was going to happen. The year of yes. So I have proceeded to move, uh, move goalposts and I've lost 25 kilos. I have got a new job. I have a new house, a new life moving so an hour out of Dubai. Um, and I found love in my life which was something I haven't had for a while. Um, so I felt like I'd managed to tick every box of my wish list that I've been waiting to do for so long. And then I look back and I think there was definitely some empowerment of becoming, like wanting to prove to myself, but wanting to prove to my dad, even though he's not physically here, that I could do this stuff. I didn't want to wallow in self-pity and I didn't want to just get unhealthier and unhealthier I wanted to turn my life around and I feel like I've been able to do that and honestly for the first time in my life I feel the healthiest I've been I feel the happiest I've been and I'm excited about my new challenges and um and I look back and think you know I've lost both my parents I lost my marriage of 18 years the the opportunity to have a child didn't happen you know but out of that came so much more and I met so many wonderful people in my life and um, and I'm really grateful for that. And I think uh, the, the most important thing for me was to just try and not wallow and get depressed and be self, what's the word, self-pitying. Um, and yeah, so and I wanted to make a difference. And how are you spending your time differently? Because obviously... It's making it sound so easy, but there's a lot of people in that situation who find that. Yeah, no, no, it wasn't easy. And, I, I, you know, um, if anyone wants to ask me, I'm happy to discuss that sort of, you know, offline. But um, I um, have spent time working out, going to the gym. I met a great bunch of women. It was in a, a class, a group women's weightlifting class, um, which was incredible. Like, and I loved it. It was run by this guy who who started it for various women of different ages, different abilities, different fitness levels, different sizes. And it was fantastic. And it really helped me sort of focus. Um and just really, you know, spending quality time with friends, um, talking, um, just really, yeah. I mean I've done sound healing. I've done a lot of sound healing classes, um, which I've really enjoyed and just trying to uh bring myself a bit grounded a little bit more um I've got out of the habit of yoga but it's something that I would like to get back into cycling I took up cycling as well um going out when it was warm uh, cool enough to to do it so I've tried to be more active um and how much you are being more active all the time yes some of the time um but also the focus for me was also work I, I was a little bit unhappy where I was working um, and I was, yeah, I got a new job and I'm really happy and uh, it's exactly what I wanted. It's exactly where I want to be. 
Um, and it's, uh, I just, yeah, I feel like I'm in a good place. Yeah. So Sarah, I yeah, you too. You look like you're in a good place. Do, you look, it's such a, it's an amazing unfolding. One thing that I would like to uh, ask you, if, if you could tell the women out there who are in the same situation or a similar situation, what is one thing that you would say has kept you motivated and inspired to this wonderful success? And I love this to your year of yes. What yeah. would you say was the the driver behind keeping you inspired to continue to say yes? Um, I think number one would be obviously losing my dad six months ago and his oh was that me um was having would having my dad it's like as if he's there telling me to do it to just yeah go on Sarah just you know and I always wanted to make my dad proud and that was very important to me um and I I, I always believed and not just believe but know that my dad and my mom were always proud of me they always were very vocal in this and uh so I just I'm slightly sad that I'm not able to go ta-da and see their reaction or whatever but you know I, I feel like I had to make changes for myself because I didn't want to be unhealthy I'm very aware of my age I'm very aware of the health implications um and having lost both parents I think it was time to start taking action and, and really realizing that you know every day is a blessing um so yeah that's really it and and I think the other thing I talked about it before was in for anyone going through this or losing or dealing with somebody who's sick, talk to people. I mean, I didn't have counseling. I was pretty strong and I didn't feel like I needed it. I had a very good circle of friends and family, but I know other people that have really benefited from having counseling, grief counseling and, and, and talking and really sharing and I believe that when somebody passes when they you shouldn't bottle up those feelings you should talk about it as long as you need to for as long as it takes to deal with that grief and you know spray their perfume around the house listen to the music that they liked and, and do the things that bring you some comfort don't don't bottle all that away because it's really important that you embrace those moments cry if you need to cry you know, shout, laugh, but talk. It's the number one thing is to talk to people. That's beautiful. I love the idea of spraying the perfume around. Oh, yeah. Huge on smells and aromas. So, yeah, I love that idea. Um, that's that's amazing. So uh, thank you so much, Sarah. I wanted to just kind of go through... Um, to make sure that we have the key takeaways and to kind of summarize. So whenever I'm finished, if you want to fill in the blanks or correct anything that I might get a little bit wrong. Okay. Sure. So, so what I've heard you say is that one, um, having support is key, whether it's a group of friends, but some sort of community. Um, if you feel the need to have counseling, to go to counselors, there, there are grief counselors available around and perhaps Bianca and I can find some, um, information on that and then also post it for people. Yeah. As a reference. 
Absolutely. And oh, sorry, Casey, can I just also mention as well, it's really important because everyone, people are working, right? We all have jobs um, and it's really important to share the situation with your employers, uh, with your bosses and be open and tell them when you're having a bad time or you need some time out or you just, because people forget quite quickly because you come back and you, you come back from the funeral and you go to work and you just bury your head and you get on with it. But actually you're still dealing with stuff. And sometimes you might just need to have a cry in the bathroom or you might just go, actually, I'm really having the worst day. I'm really struggling. And tell them because they then will go, oh, you know what? Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, I, I didn't give you that consideration. And uh, they need to know because they have other things going on and they're not going to always think about how you are feeling, even though they, they care, but they're busy. So sometimes you just need to say, hey, I'm struggling right now. That's a great, that's a great point. Thank you so much. So having support, being able to talk about your feelings, feel what you're feeling, actually allow yourself to go through the grieving process and, and honor that. Um, have the talk with your, your family about death and don't allow it to be a taboo. It's a part of life to, to bring the conversations in to the your circle the people that you're involved with to allow people to know what are the wants what are the needs and for for everyone who's good involved right so there's there's no guesswork and it becomes a much easier process at that point yeah also also um to take that time for reflection Take care, your self-care, let your self-care be a priority over other things. When we, we usually, even as women, have a difficult time prioritizing our self-care. So what I'm hearing you say is that in, in the time of grief, that it's even more important yeah, to be aware of that and, and to take that time that you need. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to chunk in there that I might have left out that's important to you for people to know I think um, you know we uh, the book I've got the book it's the five stages of grief um, by Elizabeth E-L-I-S-A-B-E-T-H Kubler-Ross so this book is amazing I would sell anyone There's, I think there's a few different versions you can get it on Kindle or, or whatever but it's a really, really useful book to read, um, and especially if you're come if you're dealing with somebody who is going to pass and you know that, or they they pass and you just don't know how you're dealing with it yourself. It's a great book. Thank you. That's wonderful. So we'll make sure and put that in the comments. Bianca, do you have anything else for Sarah? No, I don't. I've had a little look okay. online, and it's, we've got any questions online yet. Okay, fantastic. So even if you're watching this on replay, which I'm sure millions of you will, please feel free to put anything in the comments if you have questions or just to thank Sarah for for bringing her story, her wonderful story, and sharing so much of herself with us today. So I want to just have all of us take a moment to appreciate Sarah for sharing her inspiring journey with us. Your strength and resilience are truly remarkable. 
And we wish you well and lots of luck in your new adventure. Thank you. Which is Thank you so much. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, I'm very excited. Thank you, Casey. Thank you for having me. Yes, and your and Anantara is a fantastic hotel chain. So, though yeah. so that's a wonderful place to be. Yeah. So for- thank you so much. Oh, thank you. We invite our viewers to share their own stories. Excuse me. Suggest future topics or guests, and actively engage with the surviving womanhood community. Remember to mark your calendars. And join us for our next Wisdom Women's Wisdom Wednesday episode on July 12th, where our guest will be Heidi Almaruf, and she's going to be sharing her story with us about crossing culture, crossing religion, and crossing the ocean for love. So those of you who are living abroad, you will definitely be able to relate to at least a piece of this. So please, please join us. And before we wrap up, I again want to extend a heartfelt thank you to Sarah for joining us today and sharing her incredible journey of resilience. Sarah, your story is an inspiration, and I'm sure there are so many people out there who are going to take what you say, and it's going to help them so much. So thank you again. Thank you. I hope. So I really hope, thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to share my story. Thank you. And if you've been touched by Sarah's story, or again, you have your own experience to share, please do, because it's going to be helpful to someone out there. If your story just touches one person, it's going to make a world of difference. And we value your voice, and we want to create this community where we can all grow and live together. So we're going to continue to explore the remarkable survival stories of women who have faced challenges with courage and resilience. And we thank you all for being a part of this empowering community. Let us face every challenge, rise above adversity, and support one another on our journeys to surviving womanhood. Thank you all so much, and we look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. Sarah, again, thank you. It's been lovely. Thank you.